Let's turn our Bibles tonight to the book of 2 Corinthians. We'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And I'm going to read one verse of Scripture for our text tonight. And I want you to give me your attention. Uh, I, have, I have made it no secret uh, some of the things that I'd like for us to accomplish as a church this year. Um, obviously, the first, one of the first things that I'm sure comes to your mind when I say that is the God with us. Uh, campaign uh, with the buildings that we need to construct, the things that uh, we need to do for our ministry for not just uh, our every week use, but for growth in the future. And uh, we, we need God with us to accomplish that. Uh, but also with our, our lessons on stewardship on Sunday morning during Sunday school, I've emphasized over and over again for us to be a good manager of what God has given us. But I want us to fully surrender ourselves to the Lord. I want us to be fully committed to Him. Uh, I've said this many times. You'll hear me say it many times again. Uh, if God has all of us, uh, all of us, if we've surrendered all of us, all of myself to Him, uh, then I don't have to, He's not going to be concerned about, am I going to surrender my talent, my treasure, my time? If He's got me, He's got all of that. And so that is really an emphasis. And as I've mentioned, uh, to you in the past. I'm mentioning at these fellowships we're having. Um, I want it to be about us uh, giving ourselves fully to the Lord and allowing Him to use us. And uh, so tonight I'm going to speak on, on faith once again, but an aspect of faith uh, that I'm afraid that sometimes we don't think about. And I'm going to, I believe, point out tonight uh, why some Christians don't live by faith. Why some Christians falter and fail and fall at the challenges that life brings to them. And so give me your attention tonight, and I believe I'll help all of us, and this will strengthen us in our walk with the Lord, because we do know uh, that if we want to please God, it's going to take faith, right? Uh, if you don't have to depend on Him, you're not pleasing Him. Uh, if we refuse to live by faith, the Bible says it's sin. That's a hard verse to uh, accept many times, but uh, nevertheless, it is the truth. Uh, the, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, chapter number 8 is a great chapter uh, that ties in with what I've just mentioned uh, with giving, with um, the need of the gospel to get to the world, what it takes for the gospel to get to the world. It takes surrendered Christians. It takes willing Christians. Um, it takes a surrendered life for a young man, a young lady, uh, who live in the greatest nation on the face of God's earth, the freest nation on the planet, the most prosperous nation on the planet. It takes a surrendered life for them to leave that behind, to go to another part of the world and try and reach people with the gospel. It also takes a surrendered Christian to give to missions instead of spending that money on something else so that that missionary can go. Uh, it is surrender. Um, quite frankly, the reason why uh, we are falling behind, generally speaking, we uh, Christians, God's church, are falling behind and reaching the world with the gospel, we have unsurrendered Christians. Um, there are, quite frankly, uh, young men, young ladies, older men, older ladies, uh, who should be, because we're all commanded to preach the gospel, we're all commanded 
uh, to serve him should be doing more for the cause of Christ, but they're not surrendered. Uh, and quite frankly, there's many who sit on church pews who aren't surrendered in their finances and things of that nature. And so uh, this chapter is a great chapter along those lines, but I want us to put our attention on verse number five. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. The churches of Macedonia, Bible tells us in verse number one and, and continues, uh, they lived in the grace of God. God allowed them to do things that only by His grace. But we find a key here in verse number five, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. Uh, before you would give sacrificially, you've got to give yourself. Uh, before you decide to serve Him, you've got to give yourself. And tonight I want to teach on this subject, surrender precedes faith. Surrender precedes faith. You'll never live a life of faith if you do not surrender. You'll never live by faith if there's not a time where you surrender it all to God. Quite frankly, that's why your pastor emphasizes to our children and our young people over and over and over again, surrender your life because an unsurrendered life will not be a life of faith. Applies to all of us. We must surrender ourselves to God and what He has for us if we're going to live a life of faith. Father, I pray you'll use this verse of Scripture. I pray you'll use the message tonight as I know you have a desire to, as I know you have the ability to. Uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, control my thoughts. I pray that uh, my focus will be uh, on the message that you won't deliver. And Father, I pray that you'll use it. Uh, may the end result of what we talk about tonight be strengthened Christians. Uh, may the end result affect eternity. And Father, we'll give you the honor and praise for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The word faith is a word that all Christians are aware of. Uh, it's a, a word that we talk about a lot. Uh, we know that it we're saved. If you're saved tonight, you were saved by faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It is faith. I don't know about you, but when I read the lives, the biographies of men like Hudson Taylor and the life of faith that they lived, and that's a biography I would recommend you read sometime, and I'm pretty certain we have it in our bookstore, is, is the biography of Hudson Taylor and a life of faith. Uh, also, a, another one, you read the biography of George Mueller and the, the faith that he had with those orphanages and, and the provision that, that, that he, he would pray in and he would act as it was already done and quite a remarkable, remarkable testimony. Then we can talk about others that you maybe are not so distant and from years gone by and maybe in a preceding generation or maybe there's some that we know, we look at their life and we say, how are they able to live by faith? But I would submit to you tonight that the reason why Hudson Taylor on a foreign field in, on the continent of Asia in a pagan society of China could live by faith is, is not because he had something you and I had. 
But the reason why in China he could live by faith is because he surrendered when he was in England. And his faith was put into motion, if you will, when he surrendered his life to what God had for him. George Mueller lived a wicked life before God saved him. And you look at the life that he lived for the Lord and the faith that he showed. How could a man, and if you are familiar with his, his, his story, you, you know he lived a life of faith. How could he live by the faith that he lived? Well, it was because he surrendered himself to the Lord after his salvation. How is it? that those that we see and we read about, Christians that we've known, we watch them and we say, look at the life of faith that they had. I wish I had the faith they have. What is the secret? Well, I believe for part of that secret, you've got to go back to when that individual surrendered their will to God. They surrendered their life to God. Uh, it is important, and I'm so thankful that when I was a young man, when I was a child, when I was a teenager and a young adult, that the emphasis that, that was placed in my life of surrendering your will and your life to God, because if you are surrendered and adversity comes, you've already decided that what God knows is best. You've already decided that uh, you have given everything to God, and if you've given everything to God, then whatever God does is okay, and you have a belief, otherwise you would not surrender. When you, well, a, a, a refusal, let me just say it like this, and I'll get to the outline tonight. A refusal to surrender to God is a belief that your life is in better hands with you than with God. So if you will not surrender to him, why do we think that we would have faith in him to lead us, guide us, direct us? That's why uh, it is, some have found out, and I'm going to continue to do it, I'm, whenever there's an unsurrendered heart, I'm not letting up the pressure, I'm applying it. My preaching is going to continue to be to surrender your will to the Lord, to surrender your actions to the Lord, to surrender your future to God. Give everything to Him. God may not call you to the other side of the world, but you ought to be willing to go. He may not ask of you what you're willing to surrender, but you ought to be willing to surrender it because an unsurrendered heart, an unsurrendered life is saying to the Almighty God, my life is better in my hands than it is in yours. Many of us, and I'm going to assume all of us in the service tonight and those even watching online, I am going to assume that we all want to have the faith that I've already illustrated tonight, the faith of a Hudson Taylor, the faith of a a George Mueller. I want to have that faith that when adversity comes and, and when difficulty comes, that I believe in God. I want to have that faith when an opportunity comes in front of me and I have to, I have to extend myself, I have to grow. I want to have the faith to believe God can do it and will do it. I want to have the faith to step out and trust God. Well, friend, let me help you tonight. If you want to have the faith to do that, you must surrender. This is key. I want us to see this verse of Scripture, and I think we'll illustrate this tonight. And 
I'm going to illustrate in a way that I, I, I believe will make good sense to you. I've never seen it illustrated this way, but I, I believe this will help you tonight. I want to mention, as way, by way of outline, first of all, that there's, there's the two sides of faith. The two sides of faith. And let me illustrate this. For the cruise, I'm going to use you if you'll stand right here and use your imagination tonight. I'm going to let Brother Cruz illustrate and be God. This is as close as you'll ever get to that. And then on the opposite extreme, Brother Fox, I'll use you as depraved man. Pretty accurate description. Okay, I'll come back to you, Brother Fox. God is the Almighty. He's omniscient. Means He's all-knowing. How many of you have forgotten something today? There's nothing God has ever forgotten. There's nothing God has ever had to learn. These laws of science that scientists are studying or trying to teach to understand the way the world look, works, God wrote all that. Matter of fact, God hasn't even revealed all that to man. God Man is wondering how many stars there really are and how many galaxies there are. God, God doesn't just know how many. He can say their names. He knows everything there is to know. Matter of fact, you don't measure God by knowledge. You measure knowledge by God. He's omnipresent. If, if you want to get a headache sometime, think about this. He's in the past, he's in the present, he's already in the future. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He didn't need a chemistry set to create the world. He just spoke it into existence. There's nothing God cannot do. There's never been a day when God has been inadequate. There's never been a day when God has not sat on his throne. There's never been a day when God is worried about, about anything. Worry is a characteristic of man. It's not a characteristic of God. God is the Almighty. He uses the earth as a footstool. They're interesting, though, when we think about the word faith. When we just speak of God, you do not find that word in God's realm. Because God does not have to put his faith in anything. Because God is the Almighty. God has no weakness. The very definition of faith is to put your trust in another. God is might. He is knowledge. He is holiness. God has never had a need. God has never had a worry. But God puts a premium on faith not because he has a need and must put his faith in something else. But we go to the other 
realm, the realm of man. Man is not omnipotent. Man has weaknesses. Man has flaws. Man is not omnipresent. Man is not all-knowing. He's not omniscient. That's where worry comes from. Because we're concerned about things we don't have an answer to. We're concerned about problems we don't have a solution to. God's never felt that way. God has never been worried because he, he, he has the answer to every question. God's never been worried because he's never faced a problem that could not be solved. God has never been stressed by anything. He's the Almighty. That's not man. Man has great needs. The best of men are just men. The best of men fall miserably short in this life. Boy, the more you study history, the more you study biographies of of, of Christians and even in, in secular history, you find how flawed even the greatest of men are. Don't be surprised when you find out, and there, there's some that are shocked. Did you know our founding fathers weren't perfect? Oh, yeah. Man falls short. You and I know this. Man can never save himself. The very best man can provide for himself is hell. That's the very best he can provide for himself. Man, in you or in this category tonight, you have problems you cannot solve. No matter how hard you try, you'll never solve them. There's answers some of you are looking for. You, I wish God, I wish I had an answer. I wish I had an answer. I wish I had an answer. And you can search and you can search and you can search and you can search, and you will spend your life never having an answer. There are things you're going to try and do, and you. You can't do it. Well, try harder. Okay. Well, try harder and you still can't do it because you're man. Man is limited. Now, do we not understand the premium that God puts on faith? Man has a choice. These are the two sides of faith. You have this side with man who has needs, who doesn't have all the answers, who has weaknesses, You have this side of faith. You have an almighty God who doesn't have any needs, who has all the answers, who has all the strengths. Who needs who? What's obvious, man needs God. Man can say, well, I'm going to figure it all out for myself. And they can sing living by faith and not live by faith. Man can even say, I don't need God. I, can, I, I, look at my, I have my own strength. I have my own knowledge. I have my own wisdom. There's no faith involved. So man can live a life of sin according to the word of God, because without faith it is sin. Man can live a life of failure because they never want to leave their realm 
and tap into God's realm. How does faith, where does faith come in? You have two sides of faith. God does not have to leave his realm and come to man for faith to exist. God does not need man. God created man to have fellowship with him. Man would not exist without God. We live in a society today where man thinks they created God. God created man. So in order for there to be faith, in order for faith to exist, man has got to leave his realm, figuratively speaking, and man has got to reach across and say, I need God. There's a lot of Christians who don't understand that they are not self-sufficient. They don't understand that, or they think they should have the answers. God allows, in our life, we're never, there's going to be some things we never have an answer. Therefore, we've got to come across and say, God, I know you have all the answers in my faith. I leave my self-sufficiency, and now faith exists because I'm depending on another. Don't miss this before I get to the rest of the outline. If you continue to live on this side and say, well, I don't have an answer, I'm going to continue to just look for that answer. You're just going to keep looking, and you're going to keep looking, and you're going to keep looking, and you're going to stay frustrated. Well, I don't, there's some things I don't know. I've got, I got to figure it out, right? There's some things that I've got, I've got to do on my own, and I'm frustrated today, and I'm going to try harder tomorrow. There are some things that you will never be able to do, control, or know. So what do you do? You go to the one who knows. That's the act of faith. God does not have to go to a man for faith to work because God is everything that we need. So man has got to be willing to acknowledge that he doesn't know, he doesn't have, he can't do, and therefore he has got... So there are two sides of faith, you will. When they come together, that's when faith works. Man has got to be wise enough to say, I can't do it. Let me go to God. Let me go to the one. How do you do that? You do it in prayer. You do it in, in your dependence. And I'm going to build on this, and I'll come back to it at the end. Gentlemen, you can, you can be seated. So you have a God who has it all. You have a man who needs it all. God has therefore put a premium on faith and said the way to please him is for you to just... Get your needs met. What's the vehicle to get our needs met? Faith. To go to the one who has it. If I need something and there's a store that has it, I can close my eyes and wish it all I want. I've got to go get it. Now don't come to me after and say, don't you know about Uber? Or do <laughs> I have got to make the effort to go get it. Let me give you the second statement, and we'll build on this tonight. There's the giving of yourself, which is surrender. Let's look at our text, verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped. Notice these next words. But first gave their own selves to the Lord. This is why in our giving campaign, I have put the emphasis, and we'll continue to do so, 
on you find out from God what you're supposed to do. Because I could, you know, you could give something to this campaign and it could help us now. But if God doesn't have you, you probably won't be here to help us fill it up with people when we build it. You've got to first give yourself to God. You have to surrender to Him. They, they accomplished that which was above them because they first, their test, the testimony of their lives were that they first gave themselves to God. Somebody who has surrendered to God does not argue about tithing. Someone who has surrendered to God does not argue about the need of giving to missions. Somebody who has surrendered to God is, is willing to serve God in whatever capacity, is willing to do... This is what we're, we're supposed to do for the Lord. Let's do it. But you have to first give their own selves to the Lord. What I want from every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church is you give yourself to the Lord. I appreciate, and once again during this time, the church has been so gracious to my family, so, so, so supportive, so, so helpful, so generous, and I am so grateful for that. I, I want your support. I appreciate your support. But more than that, I want you to have given yourself to God. And you have, because if you give yourself to the Lord, all the other things fall in place. And in this campaign that we're doing, and just in our everyday life, we must remember that giving of yourselves, which is surrender. What did, what, what did they do? They surrendered themselves to the Lord. Surrender yourself to God. Give your heart, and God will give, get, get everything. Give your heart, and God will get everything. Some of you, there's an area of service that God wants you to serve in, and you've been holding out. You've been using excuses to why you won't do it. And the problem is you haven't surrendered. Well, I've heard all of the pastor, that's just, that's just not my nature. It's just not the way I am. Well, if God is speaking to you about it, then you need to surrender that. We, we often put the emphasis on, well, that person, they could go and they could have been a great success in life. They, they surrendered that to the Lord. You know, but sometimes you've got to see your inadequacies and you've got to surrender those to God too. Because I would, I would contend with you that the greatest hindrance in the life of Christians today is not the strengths they have to, to surrender to Him, but it's the weaknesses. Well, I can never do that because. I can never serve in that way because. Well, once you first give yourself to God... And let God just use you however God wants to use you. Let God decide. And I keep referring to this campaign because this will help us in this campaign. Um, but what are we, what, how much are we going to do of that? all these projects and in what order? Well, God's going to decide that. Based on our surrender to Him. What could God do with, what, what could God, parents, those of you that have children in the nursery and young children, let me, let me help you tonight. The greatest thing you can emphasize with them is surrender your life, surrender your life, keep their heart tender to God. Uh, and that is good advice for all of us this evening. What does God want? 
Sometimes God asks more of us than we think. If you provide for if you, if you give off of yourself to Him, everything else is covered. They but first gave their own selves to the Lord. Statement number three: Obedience follows surrender. Notice our text verse: Gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. We try and make the will of God sound spookier than it is. We try and make the will of God sound more mystical than it is. The will of God is obeying God. This is why sometimes unsurrendered Christians get frustrated at their pastor, maybe their parents. You don't know if I'm in the will of God? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Because if you're disobeying God, rocket science, you're not in the will of God. If you're living contrary to Scripture, you're not in the will of God. I know some preachers that aren't in the will of God. It's, it's, it's the same. I'm not going to obey if I'm not surrendered. And this is good, good, good help for all of us tonight. Uh, you don't surrender when you're 12 but then forget about it. Because we have a tendency to take some things back. And then we've got to surrender all over again. Be reminded of our surrender. It was easy for me to surrender, surrender when I didn't have much. But then when I had a family and I have lived long enough to have a ministry and things of that nature, um, then God says, oh, well, you've got more than the last time you surrendered. Why don't you surrender that to me? And we have to continue to surrender and surrender to Him. Obedience follows surrender. Now, this is very simple. It's very practical this evening, but it's very helpful if we'll allow it to be. An un unsurrendered, a disobedient Christian is unsurrendered. Unsurrendered. Uh, are you living according to the Word of God? If, 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 if you are living blatantly in, contra in contradiction to Scripture, you have an unsurrendered heart. Well, I, I don't think I could ever live by faith like... Well, the reason is because you haven't surrendered like so-and-so. I don't think I could ever live that way. I thank, I thank God for my upbringing. I thank God for the things I was exposed to. I thank God the emphasis that was placed of surrender, 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 surrender. Use your life for the Lord. I thank God for that. Because I know what it's like to have a trial. I know what it's like to have a burden. I know what it's like to have, and there's never, there's not a question of, is God going to do it? Or what's God? We've, I decided a long time ago that whatever God does is okay. Because it's been surrendered. But what, what if it doesn't end up, I, just, I, don't, I don't consider that. Because I surrendered a long time ago, but whatever God wants to do with me, He can do that because I belong to Him. And the reason why a lot of Christians are disobedient, the reason why a lot of Christians don't have the faith, and really it reveals a lot about us, well, I just don't have that kind of faith. Well, maybe let's start with that kind of surrender. You know, if I could put it in, in, this, in this respect, I, I, I have great respect for our military 
through the, I mean, we have our freedom because of the valor of ordinary men and the things that they are willing to do. And, and you read throughout the, the centuries of history in our nation, and one, we've had God's hand on our nation and God's providence, first and foremost. But how are, you read some of the things that have taken place through the, through the centuries and in battles that have been won and enemies that have been defeated in the valor. You know, even in, re in recent years, in all of the conflicts in Afghanistan, you know, you, we send a unit of 20 over to battle hundreds. And you hear some of those battles where men even lose their life. How are they able to do that? And I'm sitting here thinking with a Dr. Pepper in one hand and a taco in the other, I don't know how they do that. Well, let me tell you how they exhibit that on a foreign shore with it all on the line because there was a day when they signed the paperwork and they said, I'm, I'm, I'm completely surrendering my future, my life, everything I have to this end. And then they get, now I've never been in the military, so some of you help me, they get orders. And they don't stomp their foot and pitch. Well, they do. They, I'm sure it doesn't end very well. And I had my own dreams. And I had, and, 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 and mama doesn't come in there and say, well, I just don't think, I just think, I, I can't believe that the, 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 the president picked this out for him. He should have his own life, and he should have his own say, and he should be able to do whatever. Well, if that happens, nobody's getting in a foxhole with that guy either. You get the point I'm making? The reason why we as Christians, we don't have that kind of faith is because we're not willing to sign on the line. And it's just obeying, but it starts with that surrender. I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do. That's easy to say, but let's live it. Then number four, this is going to be deep. Are you ready for this? Focus on surrender and faith will follow. We focus because we emphasize faith. We focus on the faith. I got to have 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 faith. When in reality, you don't have to. I've just got to have surrender. And I think sometimes we've done ourselves a disservice because we focus on the faith, focus on the faith, focus on the faith, but we don't stop and take time. Where does that faith come from? I must focus on surrender. I will live by faith if I have truly surrendered everything to Him because I don't have a choice because I've surrendered it. Use that same analogy with our military. Once they put it all on the United States government, they're depending on those commanding officers. They're depending on all of them to have the right strategy to give them the, the materials they need, to give them the, the, the weapons they need, to put them in the right place to succeed. To They, they are trained to say, yes, sir. They are trained to uh, do exactly what they are told, not ask questions, and I'm going to fulfill my duty, my spot, because this is what is needed for me. Am I wrong on that? 
Why in the world is it that God's people, uh, when, when, when we have our Creator, we want to say, okay, I want, I want, I'm God, I want you to solve all my problems. I want you to dictate everything to me. When God says, this is what I need your life to do. This is where I need you in the church. This is what I need from you. This is why I'm going to provide. This is why months ago I provided this for you because I knew that this was coming. And, and this is what I want you to do. Well, I just don't know if I, if I can do that. It's because we're not surrendered. If I focus on surrender, then I will obey. If I obey, that's where the faith is going to follow. I want my, you may pray, I want my children to be, 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 be men and, and young ladies of faith. Then focus on the surrender. You want, and I'll use the term legendary faith, like we read about in these biographies, be willing to go to a foreign country and die there. That's where that faith comes from. Because they've given it all to God. We want to, we, we want, we want to talk about being a church that does great things, but then we've got to be willing to say, we're not holding anything back. We're surrendering it all to Him. You want to have more faith as a, as a parent? Then realize that this is the realm that you live in. You don't have all the answers. You don't have all the strength. You don't have all the wisdom. You can't solve all the problems. You, can't, you, you don't know the answer to every question. Realize this is the realm you live in, and faith comes in when we say, I've got to come over, and I've got to access God. And Sometimes we think faith is just simply, well, I'm going to pray, and then God is in, in, miraculously, He's going to part the Red Sea, and everything's going to be okay. Sometimes He chooses not to work that way, and He just says, obey. 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 Well, God, I want you to tell me why I should obey. That's not the right mindset. That's not the mindset of somebody who surrendered. If I'm surrendered to him, he does not have to explain anything to me because I'm completely trusting him. Surrender always precedes faith. It's amazing. Our entire life, God's always going to put us in a position where we've got to have Him. He wants our faith to grow as a church. No matter how much He blesses us, He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to live by faith. So what must we constantly be doing? Surrendering. Well, I, I, would, I would do anything, but I just don't know if I could do this. Won't you surrender that? Because the thing you're holding back is probably the thing God's wanting. The thing you're most afraid of is probably the, God, the thing God just says, let me tr trust, trust me with this. And you know, if, if your worst nightmare did come true, you'd be okay in God's hands. You'll be all right. God take care of us. Once again, we as God's people, we've got to give back to the greatest life is a surrendered life to Him. 
That's how I please him. Well, I, I, want, I, want to have, I want to have faith. Okay. Surrender. Surrender. I don't have to decide some things. Because I'm trusting him. I don't have to work it out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not without things to be concerned about. I'm not without questions with no answers. I'm not, I don't live without, in, in a vacuum, knowing that every problem is taken care of. I have to trust the Lord just like you do with the things in your life. How does that happen? Is it because I'm a pastor, I get an extra dose? It comes to surrender. Surrender. And in the future, when you face the things that you have no idea you're going to face, you don't have to stress like those who have that are all by themselves because sometimes we feel like we're all by ourselves, but we've got an almighty God who's saying, just trust me. And, and you know why I can bring these things to your life? Because a long time ago, you signed on that dotted line and said, I'm going to surrender to you, God. Did we really think that when we surrendered to Him that everything was going to be perfect? No, because God, what pleases God? Faith does. Why does faith please God? Because God exists in this realm where He needs nothing. But there's my creation, who the Bible reminds us that God thinks about us. What's on my, God's mind right now? It's you, it's me, it's your burdens, it's your problems. He's thinking of His creation. God doesn't have a need. Many of us in this room are worried about what tomorrow is going to bring. God's not. He's already there. He's already seated. We're worried if we're going to have enough strength. God's not. He is strength. But there's man over there who has needs. He's going to surrender everything to God, and that's where faith comes in. I hesitate to use the word partnership because I don't think it's the right word, but for faith to work, it takes both. Because God doesn't have a need. But I'm afraid there's many times man with all of his needs refuses to have a life of faith that can please God. Allow them grow in their service for God because they won't surrender. There's many, maybe somebody in this room, you want to have that kind of faith. You really do. But there's just something, something that you're just afraid to give God. You hear, you hear as I did. I grew up in church like a lot of these young people, so listen very carefully to me. I would hear it how, oh, God's going to use you. There's some things that he's going he's to touch the things that are most precious to you. He's going he's to put you in situations. And 
quite frankly, I had seen and, and heard and read all the Bible stories. But can I tell you something? Being in his care, it really is simple. What are you going to do, pastor? I'm just going to get up tomorrow. What if God's already there? But it takes surrender. And then when God brings something new in your life, you know what you have to do? Say, well, God, I surrendered to you, but you didn't tell me about this. Okay, I'll, I'll surrender this to you as well. You want to be a person of faith? That surrender must come in this campaign. The Lord may impress upon you to do something that you don't have the means to do. Congratulations, he's given you the opportunity to have faith. Surrender. I used the illustration of that rich young ruler recently and how he came to Jesus and Jesus went right to the heart of the matter, sell everything. Because that was the litmus test for him, sell everything. He wanted to know if he had his heart, he had everything about him. Oh, may we be people who surrender to him. You want to be a person of faith? Just obey. You can't be a person of faith if you're not obeying.